When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Legends Lounge. I'm Trill Withers, and with me in the lounge today, we have former Auburndale Hound and Mount Zion Mighty Warrior. He was a seven-time All-Star with the Orlando Magic and Houston Rockets, and Class of 2017 Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer. We got Tracy McGrady with us. Thank you for joining us, man. How are you? What's up, Trill? I'm good, brother. Good, good to have you. Uh, first things first, I'd like to ask everybody, what was your welcome to the NBA moment? Um, geez. It's, it's hard to think back that far. Um, oh, come you're not that old. Don't do that. Are we talking, what, 25 years ago? In what sense is... I was like, it could be on court or off the court. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really, I don't really have any exciting news. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you, is there a time that you felt like you belonged, like you finally belonged? Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, because my uh, rookie season was such a roller coaster ride. You know, what I mean, with you know how I was being coached. I was being uh, led by the head coach at the time, which was Darrell Walker, or lack thereof of the leadership and <laughs> trying to help me understand the, the NBA game. Um, so I, I think, you know, in the first half of my rookie season was very challenging uh, because I wasn't getting the proper uh, leadership and, and structure uh, for a rookie. And then when we fired that coach and got Butch Carter in, who took over, uh, for my stint in in in, in Toronto, uh, gave me a little bit more structure and, and you know taught me well and uh, helped me understand what I needed to do to get on the basketball court. Um, and once he took over and I started gaining confidence, and that's when I felt like I belong. I always felt like I belong, but right. you know when a coach tells you you know you'll be out of the league in three years. You know, because of your your poor work habits or lack thereof that, you know, um, he claimed I had, you know, that that could be devastating to a kid. But my my assistant coach took over and, you know, I took off from there. So what was it that that Butch Carter had or provided in particular that you needed? Well, he took the time to actually teach Hmm. (laughs) an 18-year-old kid. Right. You know, game and, and teach him about becoming a professional, right? Giving me uh, small, you know, short-term goals, what I need to accomplish to to be able to get a little bit more, right? Um, and I had something to look forward to, right? And, and and goals I had to accomplish. And once I accomplish that goal, check off that. Let's go right. move on to the next one. On so, to the next. Yeah, that that helped me improve, uh, you know, as a player. Definitely. Now, going even a little bit further back, before you were in the league, 
you're known for getting that invite to you know the ABCD camp and going from it was 100 and you remember the number 175 Yo, you'll never forget that number will you what when did you know you could hang in there like was it like immediate thing like you just hadn't been tested or when did you know like here's the deal you know that's it's it's all about ranking systems it's all about ranking systems like nothing really changed for me i was the same player right that i was before i got to the adidas camp i just Got on a, a platform that was, you know, a ranking system. You had the elite high school basketball players at the time. And me being in that, you know, in that arena with those guys and, and standing out as an elite player. Um, so it's just went from unknown to being the number one player by just getting on, you know, the national high school ranking system with playing against the, the elite players of high school, which I've right. never done prior to that. Right. So like you said, you were the same player going in and coming out, but what was the biggest change? I guess maybe how you were treated. I know the recruitment process probably went through the roof after that. So what was the biggest change when you left that camp? <laughs> From being unknown to the number one player in the country. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could imagine a couple things come with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what comes with that. You know, you get you get all the the accolades, you get all the the exposure that you know the number one player in the country can can get, and every school in America was calling, even the NBA. So, <laughs> what, what yeah, do you remember? About, what do you remember about the recruiting, like the college recruiting process? I just remember um, coaches coming to my school. I uh, remember them reaching out to my best friend. You know, talking to him, uh, trying to get, you know, make us a package deal. Like, it, it was crazy uh, of all the things that I encountered at that time. Like, that was fairly new to me, but um, it was fun. It was a fun process. Now, if you went to college, where would you – where do you think you would have went? I was going to Kentucky. I don't know if you can see. That's, that's a rough arena. I'm a Kentucky guy. So, I I, I, I was wait, I was I was so ready for, for you to say that. Yeah. But if you put if you put 17, 18 year old Tracy now, like it's more options, of course, you, you know, international, there's G League Ignite, there's Overtime Elite, there's, there's college I, now with the yeah I, name, image and likeness. So what do you think would have appealed to you? What do you think you would appeal to you? All day that, you know, if somebody was to give me three million dollars, would I go to Kentucky? I could sit here and say yes. But then Adidas throws 12 million dollars to go to the NBA. Right. I don't know what 17-year-old, 18-year-old T-Mac would have done. Right. So we're around combine time now. What do you remember about that part of the process? Like combine post your playing days, but pre-draft? You know, I remember traveling to about 20 teams and working out for about 12 of them. And I just remember how uh, challenging it was to fly city to city, get off the plane, go right to the facility, get ready, stretch, train, and and, and work out, you know, for certain teams. And, and for certain coaches at that time, whether it was Calipari in New Jersey or it was Rick Pitino in Boston, which was probably the two toughest workouts that I ever had in my life. 
um, you know, just experiencing something totally different than what I was, you know, ever used to. But it gave me a really a bar of what I needed to do in, in, in terms of getting in NBA shape and, and being ready for, um, you know, my rookie season. Now, what you mentioned uh, Patino and Calipari. What made those workouts so tough? It was a it was a lot of full court one on one stuff, right? Can you imagine doing full court one on one, you know, uh, drills? And you know, it was it was basically to you know tear you down and see if you had the the mental capacity to to get through a tough workout. That's pretty much what that was. It, it wasn't about my skill set or see like I had that. Right. They knew that going in. Right? Yeah, they knew, they knew that going in, and I knew that. It was just about, you know, let's see how mentally tough, mentally tough he is to get through this workout. Let's put him through it. Do they give you any kind of feed, like directly after they give you feedback, or it's just kind of, you know, thank you, Will? Our people call your people. I, I, I don't re- I don't recall back then, um, but I if I was available at the time um, for them to draft me, I, I, I think, you know, they probably would have drafted me. Mm-hmm. Did, were you hoping to go to anywhere, like specific team, city, play with a certain guy, just wherever? Wherever chips may fall, I'm, I'm there. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a high school kid, man. It's, I'm just um, in a space where I'm I'm still, you know, celebrating that I'm in this position. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. that didn't matter. Right. Did anybody promise you? Like, did you know going in you were going to Toronto or you found out when everybody else found out? No, no, I had some conversation with Isaiah Thomas. Now, he told me himself that, you know, if I was available at nine, that he was going to draft me. He lived up to his word. But um, nobody else really, you know, said that to me verbally. Um, But I had a lot of interest from a lot of teams, though. But Isaiah told me out of his mouth, like, if if you're around, you know, you're coming to Toronto. You're going to Toronto. Now, I'm not sure. He left Toronto not long after you got there, correct? Right. So what was that like for you? Like the guy that, like you said, promised you, you know, yet you're coming here. You're there, but now he's not. Yeah, I was still, I was in good hands still. Butch Carter, who was our coach, um, established a great relationship with him. I still had my cousin there. Vince was there. So I was in good hands. Hated to see uh, Isaiah go, but. You know, he was on to some bigger and better things, and you know, I was I was in good hands. <clears throat> so, what was going to Toronto like? Because just in, in like in a couple of years span, you sixteen, seventeen, you went from Florida to North Carolina, North Carolina mm-hmm. to Toronto. So, what what was that like? It was um, it was a different an adjustment, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, in a in a foreign country, legal age is nineteen. I'm eighteen, still can't hang out, right. go to the club, anything like that. But I was sneaking in <laughs> on my entertainment, um, adjusting to. Did you have you to know, do much sneaking though? I mean, you you were eighteen, but you were, you were Toronto Raptor. Uh, yeah, I had to do some sneaking. I had to do some sneaking in. Um, okay. Adjusting to the, the the currency, you know, that's different. Their money is different up there. Um, you know, driving in snowy, slushy weather, never did that. I'm a Florida boy. So I was going to say, yeah, don't, don't have that in Florida. Yeah. So, you know, 
it, it, it was a whole adjustment, man. You know, freezing my butt off. I lived on the lake, so you can imagine how the winters were. <laughs> it, right. was, it was really cold. Right. Now, I read a story. I Hopefully you can tell me if this is true or not, that after you got drafted there, you almost got traded before you'd even play? I almost got traded to the Bulls dra- uh, night before the draft. So I was like, uh, it was it was like midnight night before the draft. My agent calls me and he tells me to get up and get dressed. We have a private location. We're taking you for a for a physical. And he said, uh, Jerry Krause is trying to trade you, you know, for Scotty Pippen. And we get up, we they take me to this private clinic, enter the back of it, go get a physical and obviously the trade didn't go down but that's what i was told that night where how'd you feel about like were you looking forward to it or again you were still at the point like i'm I'm just happy to be here i I couldn't believe it like right i'm getting traded for scotty pippen to go play michael jordan like who why would they do that i I didn't understand that they're winning championships scotty is a 50 top 50 all-time player winning championships you trade him for 18 years. It's just, all right, I'll go take this physical. <laughs> right. What else am I supposed to do? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, go ahead and try to put all the pressure in the world on this 18-year-old kid. <laughs> in hindsight, you think it worked out better the Toronto way? Like just coming in with, with lower expectations just by the virtue of what you said, not coming in with those championship shoes to fill. For sure. For sure. Um you know, I, I think having gone through what I went through, um, you know, taught me a lot. Um, you know, it, it it got my focus in a in a in a way that you know I, I think I needed to elevate myself and and know that you know things could change for me really quickly. Um, so it's a sense that you know. Although I'm going through this, it was much needed for me to go through that to to come out of that situation stronger. Um, right. You know, I wouldn't have asked for anything else. You know, I, I didn't want. You know, I, I think being a rookie and then having everything go your way, I don't think that would have worked out for me. I, I think I needed to go through that in order for me right. to get locked in as a high school kid and understand how the importance of this. Right. Definitely. So three years in Toronto, you get to Orlando, all-star team, scoring title, all-NBA. But when you think back to Orlando now, what comes to mind? Like, What's the first thing that comes to mind from that era? Just, it's just unfortunate I never got the opportunity to play with a healthy Grand Hill. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's always going to be what I think of of my Orlando days. Grand Hill always come to mind. Because it was with forty something games over the four or five years you all played together, like never even really got a like forty six games over four years. Mm. So at that point, when did you know it was time to to move on from Orlando? Well, once I completed my fourth, I didn't want to move on, but yeah. they, the GM at the time, uh, we were button heads, and we just wasn't seeing eye to eye, and it, it was time to move on from that situation. But I didn't want to leave Orlando at all. And then later on, like a couple of years later, they found out that they got rid of the wrong person. Mm. It could have been me. Right. 
what was the what was the butting heads about? Um, I mean that's that's personal. I want to get sure. into that, but we sure. just did we we didn't see eye to eye on sure. some of the moves that was being made. Done, man. So on to Houston. Why Houston? Why? I just why felt they? it was a great opportunity. Um, get a chance to play with an up and coming big man in the Yao Ming. Um, a really pretty respect, uh, a pretty respected coach in Jeff Van Gundy. Mm. Uh, I thought that was just a, a great situation for me. Mm. Now you got the OBL shirt on. I want to ask you about. Tell me about one's basketball league. So one's basketball league is for you know hoopers out here that you know is not playing that that it's not playing in the NBA, um, not playing overseas ball. Some guys may be playing overseas ball, but just some some real hooper. I think. You know, it's just a lot of untapped talent out here. Um, a lot of guys that can, you know, display their talent in the game of one-on-one, not so much five-on-five five because they may not get the role for them to shine and be who they are. Um, to show off their strengths. Yeah, one-on-one basketball, you could display your rare talents, your skill set, and just be you. Um, and, and I think why not? Basketball is a game that is a sport that you can play one-on-one. Mm-hmm. play tennis boxing and ufc so i i kind of took a page out of what ufc did for their fighters right and we mm-hmm. could we didn't identify who the fighters were until they got on the ufc platform right so and, and, and they're in a ranking system right so we know who is you know the number one fighter in 147 class or 157 class we like we know those right. rankings same what we're going to do with obl we're going to have a ranking system Right. So you could be able to identify who these guys are. They could tell their stories. And so you know where they come from and what they're about. And I just want to give them an opportunity to uh, make a name for themselves and create stars out of our league. Why was now the right time? Um, I, I think because, you know, if we would have did this 15, 10, 15 years ago, I don't think it would have worked. Um, I think now because uh, where I think the game of basketball is going. I think the the where the youth is going with the game of basketball. I'm in AAU, in the AAU world. So all these kids talk about and all they do is play one-on-one basketball. Right. I think for the Gen Zers, their attention span, these guys are not watching NBA games or college right. basketball. It's all short-form content. You know, these these TikTok videos. Clips that and, yeah. yeah, the short clips that these guys like. And this is what one-on-one basketball is. It's, it's you know short, short games. One game is done, another game. So it's it's it um, it really speaks to that generation, but also mine as well because I grew up playing one-on-one basketball, and I'm sure people in my era grew up playing one-on-one basketball. And there's one-on-one basketball and five-on-five basketball. If you think about it, it's one-on-one right. match. Right? Definitely. If you if you're a rebounder, right, your job is to go grab the boards against the your man the, the, the guy that's across from you his job is to stop you from grabbing all the rebounds right so there's a lot of one-on-one matchups in five on five and i think what i'm building is really trying to rebrand what one-on-one basketball is it's it's, it's much more than you know people think it's street ball it's so much right. more that really attached to that uh whether it's enhancing your skill set enhancing your mind right in, in terms of trying to figure a great defender out and how to get a shot off, how to create space, uh, mentally making you mentally tough. So 
that's where we at with it. You know, we're going to seven cities, mm. uh, with Vegas being the last stop for a guy to win $250,000. Not bad. I, I know it's, it's, I had Houston, Atlanta, now Chicago. You're currently Chicago. at so it's, it's live right yeah now. i was gonna say how have the early uh events went tell the people how the it's early events right are going. Now, as we speak I'm, I'm missing out but it, the competition <laughs> has been this 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 up this up i'm enjoying it you don't feel like laced them up do you like you see a particularly oh, no, good game no, and you <laughs> like jay-z said i'm a business man i feel you <laughs> i feel you so would you like to see, you know, something one-on-one more make its way to the, like, the All-Star Weekend? There's been some discussion about that. Yeah, it'd be great. All-Star Weekend, um, I think we would do a fantastic job of entertaining, you know, the crowd than the Slam Dunk Contest will. I mean, if you look at what the Slam Dunk Contest did this year, it was it was pretty bad. I think yeah. our one-on-one, <laughs> I think our one-on-one uh, league would do a tremendous job of filling that, that spot. But also the Olympics, you know, creating one on one Olympics. Who do you think will win a tournament like that? Like currently, in the, the guys currently in the NBA? I, I think, you know, certain guys will protect their brand, right? Uh, mm. Be be scared to, to really get in and get exposed. But Kyrie, Kyrie mm. would be my, be my pick to win it. Definitely. I was going to say, you can't go wrong with that. I saw recently you said, you know, LeBron would be up there, but not necessarily the best one-on-one guy. And, yeah, you yeah. mentioned a guy like Kyrie who would definitely shine in a setting like that. For sure. So where uh, where's the next city? Won't keep you too much longer, but where, where's the next city? Man, the we're, in, yeah. we're in Mecca, New York next next week. Now, that's that's crazy. Gonna, I was going to say, that, that's going to be crazy. So we in, yeah, we in New York, and then after that, we're in the DMV area. So the okay. Maryland, Virginia, D.C., can't wait and then closing out in vegas closing out uh la and then vegas la and then vegas yeah. okay we'll, we'll definitely be looking forward to that uh one last question for you you remember how much your first professional check was uh yeah half a million dollars what was the first thing you bought for you um for me for you it's yeah it's how i bought uh, i was about to say it's how i bought my wife <laughs> Oh no, 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 don't. <laughs> it's like, no, it's where I, I met my wife. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I went and bought, yeah, my wife worked at the Lexus dealership. And okay, that was, okay. I always wanted a Lexus Land Cruiser. And I went and bought a Lexus Land Cruiser. And my wife was like, the receptionist there. And, uh, you know, it's back in 1997. And here we are, you know, in, in 2022, still together, four kids later. And that's no Lexus long. cruiser. No, and no she, Lexus cruiser. She, she, she lasted longer than the Lexus land. <laughs> I, that's ideal. That's that's what that's that's what you want because you, you yeah, want yeah. it the other way yeah. around. No sure, no doubt. All right, Tracy McGrady, thank you so much for dropping by the lounge, my man. All right, man, appreciate you. Love. Yes, sir. Got an open seat anytime. All right, thank you so much for stopping by the Legends Lounge. Brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Give us a follow at Twitter on Twitter at NBA Legends Lounge. Be sure to subscribe, rate the Legends Lounge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll catch you next time.